from the high desert in Far East West Texas, this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Hi, I'm Robert Seidman. Thanks for listening. And before getting to the Rachel Nichols interview, a quick rant about NFL ratings. And uh, not the NFL ratings themselves, which are down around 13% versus last year in week one, uh, but how people are reacting to them and specifically how some people claiming to be journalists are reacting to them. Uh, Last week when there was a mere single NFL data point that the Chiefs-Pats kickoff game was down, there were already people writing stuff like NFL ratings were down while college football's week one ratings were up. That's because college football is fun and the NFL isn't. I get it. It's completely rational to conclude that if ratings are down, there must be a reason or multiple reasons. The part that's irrational is thinking you know what those reasons are. You don't. I don't either. And uh, while I'm not a guy who roots for ratings to go down or up, I wasn't unhappy when I saw that uh, week two of college football ratings were down 13% because while I can't use that stat to claim I know why the ratings were down, I can use it to make a pretty good case for saying, hey, you know that thing where you said the NFL ratings were down because it's not as fun as college football? That's looking like some pretty crazy cause and effect you use there. On the flip side, I had all kinds of people coming at me saying it definitely was not Irma or uh, specific variations like it certainly wasn't Irma for that Thursday night kickoff game. It hadn't even made landfall. And uh, yet the Weather Channel's numbers were way, way up last Thursday. And the top five cable telecast with adults 18 to 49 that day were all for the Weather Channel. And per Fox Sports' Michael Mulvihill, total viewership of cable news and weather that Thursday night was up 49% versus last year and up 113% versus 2015. And uh, Irma was, of course, even a bigger deal on Sunday when the cable news plus uh, weather channel change uh, during the uh, 1 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. ET uh, NFL afternoon windows, the the change for cable news and weather was up 433% versus last year on Sunday. And still, I'm not blaming the ratings decline on Irma or or not completely on Irma because, at least for me, it's impossible uh, to know how much impact Irma had last week. But uh, given what we do know, it seems reasonable to guess it had at least some effect last week uh, and for college football and everything else too. And uh, I'm all good with uh, waiting for a week or two without hurricanes to see how the numbers shake out. And uh, I I really do get confused why uh, some so-called journalists aren't good with with waiting waiting that out, Uh, but they are not. Okay, on to the interview with Rachel Nichols. And joining me on the High Desert Hotline for this episode is Rachel Nichols, who hosts ESPN's The Jump, which airs Monday through Friday from uh, 3 to 3.30 Eastern. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Fun to be on. Uh, it, it is. Uh, and uh, thanks. Uh, thank you, Ben Cafardo, if you're out there listening, uh, for doing this. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, you were on uh, Richard Deitch's very first podcast back in May 2015. And uh, I'm just trying to time-bound an idea that I have. And then in January 2016 came the announcement that you were returning to ESPN and would be doing the jump. And at the time, my first Mm -hmm. thought was, hmm, a daytime NBA show. How's that going to work from June to, say, I don't know, December-ish? And now my thought is, my thought is Rachel Nichols is a prescient genius. And uh, so, you know, multiple questions around uh, what seems to me like... Spread that sentence around and just, you know, we don't even have to give any context about what it was about. We can just, that could just be a tagline everywhere. Yeah, I I'll, I'll, pro- with that. I'll promote the podcast as Rachel Nichols is a prescient genius. <laughs> prescient genius. Uh, exactly. Done. So, so, you know, for me, it just seems like 
it's a very sudden increase in the NBA's popularity as an all-year league. And uh, it, it, it's kind of an amazing thing to me. And you seem like a, a great person to, to try and unpack that with. So first of all, do you agree with my perspective that the change was actually very sudden? Um, I think I think you can kind of see it coming, but I, I think it's one of those things you could see now that you're looking in the rearview mirror and kind of watching what happened leading up to the past couple summers. Um, the explosion of the salary cap. You know, we knew ever since the new CBA w- was done that that particular summer, two summers ago, was going to be insane. But, you know, you can sort of say it and know it, and then when it actually happens and it coincides with the same time Kevin Durant makes this huge, crazy move and these salaries are coming across the screen and and you have players from not just the NBA but the NFL and baseball commenting on them, then it starts to the explosion just gets to be bigger than you ever expected. And I think that really helped kind of increase everyone's interest and, and sort of perked everyone up. And then once you have people on the hook, all that minutia and gossip, some of the some of the little behind the scenes stuff that makes the NBA so fascinating and really dovetails with all the social media that we have going on. I, I think once people dip their toe in, they got hooked to what the off season in the NBA is all about, and I think that's really helped make it more popular year round. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm just I'm just wondering, like, uh, I guess I'd frame it this way: uh, How big of a deal do you think? It is. And I'll, I'll frame it against uh, the, you know, I guess the other side of the coin is that there are a lot of people who are already saying, I don't need to I don't need to worry about NBA until June when uh, when Cavs Warriors four happens. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just trying to, to to get an idea of like you're you're just immersed in it. Um, what do you think? What do you think uh, it means? Does it balance that out? Will that will there be a lot of excitement all throughout the year regardless uh, how's it how's it going to play out this year? I mean, I, I'm always I'm always amazed when people say that because I kind of feel like, well, why do you bother to watch the games <laughs> at all? Then why don't you just wait till the next morning when you can read the stat line in the paper, or not even the next morning anymore, but check on your phone and say, oh, who won? If that's really all you care about, what was the score? Who won? You're not really that much of a fan of the sport. It's just you're kind of nominally keeping track. If you love the NBA or you love the NFL or you love Major League Baseball, it's because you love the drama of watching what happens. And last year, even though we had, let's face it, the result, a lot of people at the beginning of the season thought we'd have, right? Oh, it's going to be Cavs Warriors again. And yeah, the Warriors are probably going to win. They got KD. They're stacked now. How we got there? You would, it was insane. Yep. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. And, oh, by the way, Kevin Durant broke his leg in the middle of it. And, oh, by the way, I mean, or, or hurt himself. He thought he broke his leg, didn't. Then he came back. And, you know, I mean, it's just there's so much stuff that, that, that sort of you would not have expected along the way. That is what makes the NBA so fun. I think that it really is the reason a lot of people watch more so than, hey, this is the score and who won. And, and, and I think that's why it remains popular, even though you can say, eh, I have a feeling the Warriors might win the title this year. How you get there, and if we're going to get there, because you never know, maybe Steph yeah. Curry slips on a you know spot of sweat again. Um, you or know, LeBron, how you get there and LeBron gets slipped too. Uh, right, yep. absolutely. Well, no, I'm just I'm pointing to something that has already happened, so I don't curse somebody <laughs> okay. in the future. Um, but no. my point my point is that uh, <laughs> is that you don't you don't know, and I do think that the, that's what makes the NBA fun. It's such a small league too, unlike the NFL, unlike baseball, in terms of the number of players in the league. You hear people who cover the NBA often say, like, oh, it's like high school, right? Because you have these sort of big faces and characters, and there's always drama, and there's always things going on. And, and I think that aspect of the NBA, too, makes it more fun than just who won and what was the score. Yeah, so how does that line up for your show? I mean, so for if, if you haven't watched The Jump, uh, I, would, I would say The Jump is, uh, is a light, uh, light yep. 
light uh, in tone, fun show. Uh, you hit hard topics when they're hard topics to hit, but uh, generally um, uh, your your perspective seems to be, hey, this is fun, so we're going to have fun with it. Uh, and and now the whole league has seemed to you know be dovetailing into, hey, the jump is on now. We got to give them material. That that's I mean that's kind of how it looks to me. It's like the 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 stars aligned for you with this show uh, in, in such a way that there's just always content now. How fun is that for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, if if the NBA is really like high school, we're kind of cafeteria where everybody comes to hang out. And just sort of, <laughs> I, I think, you know, for the people who come through our set, we get we have so many faces that come through our set. The people who are regulars on our show, and you're right, the tone of what we talk about, it's not glossy presentational TV in the more traditional sense. It is much more. It takes much more of its sort of roots from podcasts and just kind of hanging out and chatting and, and talking and you know the convert what the mic my sort of pitch, my elevator pitch for this show when we were still sort of knocking around ESPN before we ever went on the air is I say, hey, it should feel like you were sitting around talking basketball with your friends, except what if, what if one of your friends was Tracy McGrady? Right. And, and that's sort of been the idea of the show is this feel like you're talking basketball with your friends, but some of the faces, Scotty Pippen, Paul Pierce, Stephen Jackson, the guys that we have on regularly, kind of influencing that conversation. And, and the only other thing I would say is I know I know you were not saying light in a pejorative way, and I embrace light because I think we're, it's, the NBA is fun and, and we want to be fun. I do like that this show is very real. And when things that are more serious come up, I think we have been, frankly, stronger and more vocal on some serious hardcore issues than a lot of other sports shows across the spectrum. And the ability of the show to do that is something that I've been particularly proud of. Especially can, coming from the background I come from. Sure. Can, can you can you give a quick example of that, maybe? Um, you know, when, when the the stuff was happening with the resolutions in North Carolina, and the NBA first came out with a statement, and then was sort of deciding whether or not to move the All Star Game. You know, we yeah. were one of the first ones to speak up and continued to very strongly and loudly when the issues came up between Phil Jackson and LeBron James. Um, we addressed those head on. I think that when something serious happens that affects the NBA or even touches it nominally, we really talk about it and dig into it. And, and that's been a very important side of this to me, along with the fact of like, hey, we also run goofy videos because that's part of the NBA too. So do you, do you think there's something about how the uh, the NBA is run or set up uh, that that is allowing this to happen? Um, in ways that, uh, say, other leagues like maybe the NFL and, uh, and MLB uh, could replicate? Uh, I, I just think that the NBA has always trusted its players in a way and, and trusted the tone of its fans in a way that maybe not every league has embraced. Um, the NBA is a lot looser with you know what it allows its players to say and do. Um, it's a lot looser with what it allows fans to put up online, social media, or just on their blogs or on the internet in terms of what video it lets people clip and, and put on. And I think the NBA just has more of, a, of an ethos of sort of trusting the fans, trusting its players, you know, sharing and sort of everybody having fun and digging into this. And that lets a show like ours thrive because we just pick up on that and, and continue with it. Yeah, so I, I'm sure you saw this, but uh... – but but the commissioner's comments that uh, he he would like to see the uh, the the TV product for the NBA be a little bit more like uh, e gaming. Uh, I think he I think he yeah, used Twitch. Tw Twitch. So so what Twitch. are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, look, I, I think that the NBA has been just such a leader with the internet. I remember when team websites first were coming around, and the NBA was getting a much uh, 
you're hearing the Sports Nation crew behind me, by the way. <laughs> um, you, you know, can I tell you, it's, it's like the commercials, like ESPN, you see that's actually what it's like around here. It's, um, that's good. I, I think the NBA, the NBA had a greater idea of what the internet could be before any other sports league and sort of, you know, owned its team pages before other sports leagues did and, and just had its finger on the pulse. And I think that that has carried through to this administration, as you might call it. And, uh, you know, do I think that national broadcasts are going to look like Twitch tomorrow? No, I, I don't. And I think a lot of fans, frankly, you know, wouldn't react that great to it. Even Adam, I think, said, I think a lot of people would think the screen would be too crowded. <laughs> um, but do I think that we're going in the direction of things looking different and, and having the Internet influence more what a traditional TV broadcast looks like? Absolutely. We did something called the Sidecast on ESPN last season with a group of us who were sort of, you know, regularly contributing to a podcast here and we sort of said well what if we put the podcast on tv while we were watching the game um and had people sort of watch around live with us and that was received really well so i i, I think the experiments like that are something that the nba is open to and, and i think the league's going to be better for it yeah that uh that's that's it's pretty interesting to me i mean so i i, I just come at the stuff it's like i'm an old man and all of a sudden my summer sports diet is all NBA all the time? It seems like, and and I don't ever remember. We that appreciate happening. that. I, I'm not complaining either. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know, it's, it's, as a general sports fan, it's fun. I I like it, but it's just very very surprising to me. I'm I'm and I'm you know, you're used to it. I'm still kind of amazed by it. Well, I mean, look, I think I think those of us who've been around, we've seen things ebb and flow, right? And you know you see sports sort of take on more and more prominence as the decades go on. And you see sports that you thought would always part of the central part of the American identity, maybe recede a little bit. I, I don't think there's any argument that the NBA is on the ascendancy. Yeah. So, uh, and at least in another life, I, I used to, to see a lot of ratings data and spending a lot of time uh, looking at ratings and, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, I guess it's, it's, it's just how, how sports media on Twitter works. Uh, you know, a lot of attention is paid to, you know, to uh, uh, some smaller shows. And, uh, you know, I, when I look at the numbers for the jump, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just kind of commenting on, uh, and this is for you, Richard Deitch, if you're listening, uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> one, maybe one day when you do the comparison, throw in, throw in the numbers for the jump, because the, the jump, the jump is averaging like 325,000 uh, viewers in, uh, in, yeah. two, in 2017. And I, I think uh, I, I need to I need to put my glasses on, but I, I think that you know that that puts it on par or ahead of even uh, you know NFL Live, which is is kind of astounding. Although the NFL season's just starting, uh, so I'm wondering how much attention do you pay to the ratings uh, in in general and and uh, for your own show? Well, I'm fortunate that you know the guys who help put the show together, Kevin Wilds, Connor Shell, the executives at ESPN, have always you know really messaged us, hey don't watch the numbers every day. That's not how we're judging you guys. So you shouldn't, we want to talk about the sort of overall product we're creating and the numbers will follow. And I think that that's, it's just the best way to do anything, right? TV, newspaper, anything that you want to do, Hey, make the best product you think you can make. And then hopefully people will like it, but that's really how you get the best work done. So we don't watch it every day. Those numbers that you just said, you know, I get sent them every once in a while and, and yeah, that's fun. I mean, look, the NFL is always considered sort of the biggest dragon out there, right? And when you look at the entire year, sure, we've been on, you know, we just had our off season too. So 
you know, the idea that, hey, we're coming in in that neighborhood. Sometimes we're ahead of them in that neighborhood. Um, sometimes we're ahead of, of a lot of the shows on other networks, as you are mentioning so, so delicately. Um, you know, it, it's fun. It's fun to sort of, to sort of be, be, in the, be in the neighborhood. I mean, NFL Live in particular is a show I respect so much and I love and I used to work on. So it's fun to be able to be like, yeah, we can hang out with you guys. We're, we're in that neighborhood. That's cool. Yeah, and, uh, and I think Ben will be mad at me if I don't note this, but uh, in the, in the uh, coveted 18 to 34 demo, uh, which is the Jump's best demo. Uh, the show is is averaging 108,000 viewers, and that's higher than uh, AM Sports Center, uh, OTL, and NFL Live. So uh, the, the the numbers are really good. Um, but but does it does it bother you that like uh, you know the 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 media the sports media I should say doesn't does not obsess over the Jump like it does over some other shows. Uh, not at all, only because the the audience. That's in, I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> the good. It's most important. The most important. The, the audience that's most important to us are people who love the NBA, and that includes people uh, who watch the NBA on TV or, or go to arenas, and also people in the NBA who love the NBA. And and frankly, the reaction we've gotten from inside the league has been one of the most fun things uh, for me, and I think for the guys who are on the show and, and Ramona and all, all the people we have regularly rotate in. Um, is that look the people in the league, they know the game best. And when we set out to do the show, one thing we wanted to do was really talk to the highest level basketball fan, figuring if you were a moderate fan, you'd catch up and you'd be excited to kind of, Oh, I didn't, what what were they talking about? Let me look that up. Like, you know, we we don't want to sort of talk down to anyone. We want to talk at the sort of the highest, most expert level and figure that people will catch up if, if they don't quite know the backstory of what we're talking about. And so when you, if that's the goal and you have the people who are the most educated, who are the people who actually play basketball in the NBA say to us just so regularly, Oh, I watch it every day. Or they'll quote back things that we said, or they'll tweet things back to us in the middle of the show. Um, you know, the league office, the reaction we've gotten from them and just sort of how indispensable our show has been to, to everyone in just the last you know year and a half, really, that we've been on. Um, it, that, that feels like, hey, that's the audience um, that I care about, that hardcore NBA audience. And if we're making them happy both in and out of the league, I feel like we're fulfilling those goals that we set out. Yeah. Plus, uh, for anyone listening, uh, not that I don't love TV writers also. (laughs) I love them too, but I I actually, I think, so I think, I think your attitude is, is, is extremely healthy. Uh, but I, you know, I, but I I also think you're, you're kind of a, you're maybe a better person than I am because I think in your shoes, it would bother me that, uh, that, uh, not enough people are writing about a, a show that's doing well. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't want to say pay lip service because I think a lot of people really do care uh, about about uh, women in sports media. But you're you are a woman in sports media and you have a lot of women on your show. So you're, you're like mm-hmm. act, actively doing something that I that I think is, is pretty important. Uh, and, and other people are, too. I'm not I'm not singling you out, but I, I, I just yeah. so. So for me, it's like uh, just as an outsider, I'm like, you know, why are more people right? Why are more people writing about Undisputed than this show? It's it's an interesting thing to me. I I, I throw it out well, there as, can, as a rhetorical question. You can lead question. the charge for us. I was going to say, call your friends, call your buddies, and you know, help make that change. Be the change you want to see. Yeah, Richard, get Rachel back on your podcast. <laughs> there we go. You tape the jump live. You you record we live. Do. Yeah, we so. do. Occasionally, I would say, you know, between three and five percent of the time, some timing thing will come up where we'll have to maybe tape half an hour we'll, we'll run like a half hour 20 minutes ahead of the live window but that's pretty rare we'll almost always tape live and and i just, i don't know when you're doing a daily television show about one sport i 
think that's what makes it more necessary. Um, I guess on PTI occasionally, and they tape that, you know, maybe an hour ahead. And I think you can do that because you're not supposed to be sort of the end-all be-all on one particular sport. So if something breaks in that hour between when you taped and didn't, it's not that big a deal. It's not, oh, why didn't right. PTI have this one NBA nugget or something? But with us, we got to have it, right? That's what our show's about. So we got kind of got to be live. Is it, is it harder, more fun, all of the above? I like it. I think that live TV sort of fits our show flavor a little bit better. And, and again, this kind of comes back to us not being glossy presentational television. And that's not what I'm good at anyway. I come from a newspaper background. I'm not trained in TV. I, I don't have anchor hair. I mean, I'm just not, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm going to make all kinds of mistakes and then look at the camera and shrug and be like, okay, we're, we're going to just, you know, we incorporate that stuff into the show. I'm a big believer in that you got to show the themes, right? Because I, if I play the let's be perfect game, it's not, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. So instead let's play the have fun and show everybody all the, all the backstage stuff as it's happening game. And that seems that's more the TV I want to watch. So that's the TV I want to do anyway. And it's really what I'm capable of. So that, yep. that, that's the real bottom line. Uh, that, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. So um, when the, when the, when the show is live and, and breaking news is coming in, uh, mm-hmm. how, how much, how hard is the real time adjustment of, uh, cha- changing I, what you're I doing? I think again, that, that goes back to the goal of the show is to always be talking to the smartest fan. And that goes down to who we have on the show, right? So if you are really talking to people who follow basketball, you want people on the show who are really talking sort of the most sort of definitive, they have all the insider information. They know everything. They can do this backward and frontward. And because that's who we cast the show with, it's not necessarily the traditional people who've been on TV. We have a lot of writers on our show, right? Right. And again, that fits into the overall goal. But that means when, say, breaking news happens, it's not that much of a curveball. Because I don't have to prep Ramona Shelburne on the Lakers. I don't have to prep Zach Lowe on on sort of the league mechanics of when when big trades happen, how people move around. He can do that on a moment's notice. I don't don't have to prep these guys. And even the players that we have on, we really were were thoughtful about having experienced players who who have a a base of expertise or an experience that they can share just off the cuff. If a major injury happens and news breaks, I can turn to Tracy McGrady and say, okay, what does it feel if one of the biggest stars in the league not to be able to depend on his body anymore? And he doesn't prep for that. So, so I think we're able to handle breaking news well because of the way the show is set up. Yeah. So I, I was wondering if you have uh, like big plans for the, uh, for the new season. Like, are you going to start off on the road or, or do anything like that again? Or, I mean, I'm going to make everyone dress in sequence. There's, there's that, <laughs> but no, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have revealed that. Um, we're doing. We're going to um, be on the road for the beginning of training camp, which is exciting. Um, yes, the NBA offseason has been crazy and eventful, but I will still tell you that when you get to like last week or two of September, right before camp's open, you're sitting there going, "Okay, okay, can we get started again?" <laughs> so we are very hyped for the beginning of training camp. We are going to go on the road for that. Um, and then we'll be sort of spot on the road a little bit um, for the first week of the NBA season, the regular season. We're going to expand to special one-hour shows, um, opening days of Tuesday. So we will start that Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We expand to an hour, and um, we're going to have sort of road segments we've done throughout the training camp sort of appear. You know, we're going to save and, and put those on that show. So it, it's going to be a fun, like, sort of big bang to the start of the season. And I think kind of, again, I think there was a time where people thought, oh, the NBA season starts for a lot of casual sports fans after Christmas Day, right, or after the Super Bowl. 
it's just not true anymore. The ratings are good for, for the fall. And so we're excited that for us, the season really starts soon. Yeah. So uh, I, I meant to ask you about the, the hour length. I mean, I know some of the shows last year were, were an hour as well. Is, is, that, is that just mm-hmm. fluid, something that you go back and forth between or, or will it expand back to, to an hour for a block of the season? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it is fluid, and it's a real advantage. Again, it kind of speaks to Kevin Wiles and Connor Shell, the execs who manage our show. They manage Sports Nation. Um, you, you heard the the guy, <laughs> you heard the Sports Nation crew in the background of this interview earlier because we're right here. We're all right here together. We're taping studios next to each other. We're all good friends, um, and so it's 90 minutes of TV all together, and we are able to be a little flexible. We've given them our time sometimes when they've got stuff more to talk about. Um, they've given us our a little you know half their part of their time sometimes and and i think that that's just so smart for everyone to be able to be like hey this is a big story this week let's take a little bit more of this here or hey michelle beetle's on the road for nba countdown so why don't we give the jump part of sports nation's time anyway and you know move things around so that the hour is you know is, is about basketball during the nba playoffs when everyone's paying attention i just think it's savvy and and it's been fun for us to be able to expand and shrink when we don't have as much to say either that's fine too that's good, and 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 I hope you were I hope you were telling the truth about the sequence. Um, so, <laughs> um, out, outside of the NBA, what and and if the answer is nothing, and and that you don't you don't follow it at all, that that is fine. But uh, what what sports media stories are interesting to you? Sports media stories, I think, um, just sort of this changing. You know, look, it's what we're all wrestling with right it's sort of how are things changing and sort of the great unknown and you have these moments these inflection points in media of hey cable tv started as a thing and then it became a huge thing and how do newspapers compete with tv when the explosion of sort of you know uh, sports tv came around how do newspaper sports sections compete with that um satellite and sort of you know the idea of, of programming your own network with netflix and amazon and everything else and as people move more toward their phone and cut the cord and and all those things that you guys have written about I, i'm sure you probably have just a key in your computer where you can like hit hit just one letter and cord cutters comes up or something like that right <laughs> so you guys have like written that. about this ad nauseum but the truth is you know it's you're, you're reporting in real time this is happening right now and as we are it's, it's going to kind of continue to mushroom over the next what four six years and and when the dust eventually settles again we'll, we'll have a new picture um and i think all that stuff's interesting for me to read I'm, I'm in the middle of it and it's exciting and i lived through one of those changes coming from newspapers to tv and i'm apparently living through another one and you know i'm excited about how it's going to turn out because the bottom line is people still want to watch talk about and read about sports but that's not going to change um it's just how they do it and and sort of who is good at, at marshalling that and i think Personally, I think ESPN is in a really good position to do that. Um, and I think being someone who's interested in the NBA and talks about the NBA for a living is in a good position to do that because of yeah. the sort of, again, savviness of that audience with, with new technology. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Rachel, thanks very much for joining the podcast. I am, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys are doing this year. And uh, I listen to the podcast pretty regularly for, uh, for, for those people who don't time compress their podcasts. Uh, oh, uh, listening, we gotta get that in. listening to, <laughs> listening to, listening to you and Ramona Shelburne at like two X speed is, uh, well, yeah, is, that's true. It's <laughs> a challenge, a but 
But it's, but For it's people good. listening to you who don't know, I am on a crusade to get people to listen to podcasts a little faster because I think uh, you can get more in. It's just about wanting more, right? It's more content, more more fun stuff to listen to. There's so much good podcasts out there. I drive to work. It's about a half hour for me to drive to work. I can listen, you know, fit in a whole hour long podcast because I listen yep. to everything at double speed. Yep. Um, then I can listen to another one on my way home instead of just having one that day. So I'm I'm a big proponent of that. If you're listening right now. Just, just try to inch it up a little bit, maybe 1.3, 1.5. You won't miss anything. You'll find more in your day. It's very exciting. But, yeah, that's a good example, by the way, just to dovetail into our last part of our conversation. The Jump is a podcast every day. We put a ton of clips up on YouTube and on social and on everything else because we know that a lot of our audience isn't sitting in front of a TV at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it has been fun to see how much that, that really seems to reach people a lot of people come up and tell me, oh, I listen to pod every day, things like that. So I think as we work through the changing media environment, the favorite, you know, control C, click, cord cutter story, um, you know, we're trying to kind of be in, in the right places for all of that almost organically because that's really how a lot of us consume all this stuff too. Yeah. So you know what? I feel bad. I, I did not know that you were a, a 2X crusader. If I had, oh, yeah. I would I would have made the whole podcast about that. So, so mm. he, here's the bottom line: a thirty minute show becomes a twenty minute podcast, becomes ten minutes at two x. You can listen to an hour and a half in thirty minutes. It's great. Exactly done. Done. Everything you want, right so, there. Rachel, that's beautiful. <laughs> thanks again for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Rachel Nichols for joining the podcast. And if the scheduling gods are willing, the next guest will be NBC Sports Olympics and Golf Channel producer Molly Solomon. Recent podcast guests include NFL Network and Fox Sports' Peter Schrager, ESPN's Scott Van Pelt, Richard Deitch from Sports Illustrated, and TSN's Jay Onright. You can find all the past podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SportsTVRatings.com. Thanks for listening. Alexa, play the Jump podcast. Here's a station you might like. 70s Rock, clean, from Amazon Music. Mm-hmm.